Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Open your Bible if you've, uh, if you've got it with you. If you haven't, you can, uh, you can look at the screen. Um, but I'm going to preach, uh, I'm going to just preach a short message this morning, but something that, that God just laid on my heart. And, uh, and I'm going to share it with you from Luke. It's from the, the, the Christmas story, but I'm going to pull from, from different verses throughout the different uh, Gospels in regard to the story. But in Luke chapter 1, verse 28, and I'm going to start reading. It says, And having come in, the angel said to her, this is the angel speaking to Mary. The angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favoured one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled. At his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. And therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who has been, bar- who has been called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And, and further on, we won't read for sake of time, but Mary goes and Mary visits with, with Elizabeth and, uh, and is encouraged by that time with Elizabeth. But I just want to share something in this story because as I was reading this, I saw something in this that, that I haven't sort of noticed really before. We know this story and we talk about it as this, It's this joyous occasion where the angel comes and speaks to Mary. The angel comes and we've seen it in the Christmas plays. A little angel comes down and and says to you, blessed are you. It starts, the angel first starts by saying, rejoice, favoured one. I mean, that's good when God comes and speaks something like that to you. That's something to get excited about when God tells you to rejoice, oh, favoured one. The angel starts with this incredibly uplifting statement, doesn't it? The angel comes and speaks. It's like God coming and speaking life and speaking hope and speaking purpose and speaking destiny into Mary. But what's so funny about this is when we look at what the angel is speaking into Mary and declaring into Mary, but then on the In contrast to that, we see Mary's response. It says the angel came and spoke life and hope and said, Rejoice, favoured one. But then Mary's response, she's troubled. This was what confused me because you have something to get excited about. You have the angel speaking hope, but then her response is one that she's rattled by it. She's troubled by it. Then the angel comes back again and the angel begins to give her more information. Says, you're going to birth the Son of God. 
The angel then has to encourage Mary again because it says, Mary, the angel says to Mary, don't be fearful. So not only Mary is troubled, Mary is fearful. It's, it's such a contrast to the information that she's been given, isn't it? That the angel sees the, that what's going on in Mary and so the angel starts to give her more download. The angel starts to speak more destiny and speak more purpose and speak more promise into her and says, no, 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 listen, you don't understand. You're about to birth Jesus, the Son of God. He says His kingdom will have no end. Then after the angel says that, Mary's response again, she says, she's freaking out. She says, how's this going to happen? She says, but I haven't known a man. Isn't it funny, the two different contrasts that we have. On one side, we have God speaking hope and destiny. On the other side, we have someone feeling fearful. On one side, we have God declaring purpose and a future. On the other side, we have someone feeling doubt and feeling like they can't do it. It paints a picture for us sometimes of how our walk with God, I think, can be. How many know that sometimes God will bless you in such a way that causes you to look at your situation and not know how you're going to orchestrate, how you're going to roll out, how you're going to do what God is calling you to do. Sometimes God will put a destiny upon your life and a purpose upon your life that is so great that it'll scare you. Sometimes you walk out of, have you ever got so excited about what God's going to do in your life? And as quick as you get excited about the seed of hope that's deposited, the enemy will come and bring doubt and unbelief. Come on, has anyone ever, you ever walked out of a, out of a service? And you, I mean, it was rocking. You pumped, you got goosebumps and tears streaming down your face. And you just felt like you just touched heaven and you're on top of the world. But then as soon as you get home, all hell comes against you. Does anyone want to be honest this morning? How many, how many get excited and you sow into a big offering? You ever given a big seed? Doesn't it feel good when you're giving it? You're like, bro, blessing is coming my way. Bro, you're high-fiving neighbours. You're getting pumped, you're starting to, you know, you're getting excited about what's going to happen because remember the preacher said when you give, you pour out, man, windows of heaven. Come on, you're talking about pressed down, shaking together, flowing over. I mean, you're pumped, you're excited, you're doing a dance out of church. This is some of us after the, after the exchange offering. We sow that seed, we start getting pumped. Then how many know sometimes as quick as it leaves your hand, you get home and the bills start piling up or you face a bigger challenge than what you were facing before. Is there anyone that's experienced that before? See, these, those are the times where you need to just praise God all the more. Those are the times where you need to understand that what's happening is God sees the greatness that's inside of you. God sees the destiny and purpose and He's speaking to that, but the devil sees it as well. And I always say the, only, the thing that the enemy attacks the most are the things that are of greatest threat to him. So if the enemy is coming against you, you need to celebrate that and know that God's hand is upon your life. And what he's called you to do is something that's great. I say to people, if you don't face the enemy sometimes, then maybe you're both walking in the same direction. You need to understand that the moment God starts to speak destiny, the moment 
the moment the angel started to speak purpose into Mary, highly favoured, what happened? Doubt and unbelief came straight away. She said, how am I going to do this? See how quickly the enemy moves. The moment you get a touch from God, the attack comes. The moment you get a stirring in your spirit at what God has called you to do. This is what happened with Mary. In this story, Mary begins. This is the start of this incredible journey that Mary and Joseph really go on through what we know as the birthing of Christ and the journey of the birthing of Christ. And we celebrate this journey. We celebrate it as, as a journey that's, that, that, that's full of excitement. And we celebrate it as, as a journey that's it's full of hope and joy and peace and love. It's Christmas, you know, it's, it's, it's what we celebrate. But I want you to understand, and as you look at this in more detail, you'll understand that for many people in this story, especially Mary and Joseph, this wasn't actually a convenient time for them. This wasn't a convenient calling. When God spoke to her and said, you're going to birth the Son of God, it wasn't convenient for this young girl. You need to know that the call of God upon your life is not one of convenience. The call of God is upon your life. It's going to shake your life a little bit. It's going to shake when the call of God gets upon you. It'll rattle your routine because look at what happened. Mary said, well, hang on, I haven't known a man. This is out of order is what she's saying. This is outside of what I, how I thought things were going to be. This is not structured the way it's, it's meant to happen. See, that's the thing about a supernatural calling. When a supernatural calling comes upon your life, it'll mess with your schedule and what you planned. It'll change things. It'll, it'll re-divert things to a place that you didn't thought they were, think that they were going to go to. It's an inconvenient calling. You walk with God, you've got to understand a walk with God and following Jesus Christ with all of your heart. It's not convenient. People miss it sometimes. People in church sometimes think that, that, that following Christ is easy. People think that, that following Christ, it's, it's convenient. You've got to understand it is inconvenient to every single part of our flesh and our being. It's inconvenient to make a decision that you're going to walk by faith and not by sight. It's inconvenient to make a decision that every single day you're going to deny your flesh, take up your cross and follow Him. It's inconvenient to make a decision that I'm going to put aside my own hurt. I'm going to put aside my own unforgiveness and I'm going to continually seek after the things of God. There was such, so much inconvenience for Mary and for Joseph. In this story, when Mary receives the call of God like this, as we just talked about, she has this battle where she's, she's struggling to receive it. She's, it doesn't make sense. It, it's, it's difficult. It's, she's full of fear. She's full of doubt and unbelief. And it's almost like the angel sees where she's at. So the angel speaks to her and says, you know, there's another woman that you need to get with. I can see that you're struggling with this. I can see that you, you haven't yet received it. I can see that there's some fear and there's some doubt. There's another lady called Elizabeth that I want you to go and see. And if you know the story, what happens is Mary now, she now is carrying something that's the birth of Jesus Christ inside of her. And she's, she's troubled and she's not sure, but she goes and she visits with Elizabeth. And the Bible says that the moment 
the moment she gets with Elizabeth and starts to talk, because what's great about Elizabeth is the Bible says that Elizabeth was also carrying something that was supernatural. And when what was in Elizabeth got alongside what was in Mary, the Bible says that what was in Elizabeth kicked. And it says that Elizabeth, the moment she got around Mary, she was filled with the Holy Spirit. It's almost like her spirit got a little bit of a jump start. See, they're the type of people you need to be getting around. That's the type of church you need to be attending. They're the type of encounters that you need to have. You need to, you need to get around people that when you get with them, what's in you just gets a kick. It gets a jump start. Have you ever had to, you ever had to jump start a car? Come on, we're in Orange County. So there's three people here that have to. Listen, listen, back in the day, I mean, I'm talking, I had this car. My dad bought me. You don't even know what it is. It's, it's a HJ Holden truck had like a tray in the back bench seat three on the tree we used to call it stick shift you know what does anyone know i'm talking about three get three people here three three gears you change gears on here three on the tree we used to call it my dad bought it for me cost him three thousand dollars he said if you look after this i'll get you something better I loved it. I had a big tray in the back and, and I would go down the coast. I would load it up with surfboards and, and we would head down the coast. Bro, this thing was beat up so bad. I went for a season where I had no radiator cap. And so that car would heat and the water would just boil over. So I had to get a rag and, and I stuff a rag down in the top of the radiator. Then my buddy told me that a way to fill the holes in the radiator because it was leaking. He said, what you do is you get the radiator real hot and then you get some eggs and you crack some eggs into the radiator. And I had bad friends. And when, when, the, when, the, when the egg hits the hot radiator, it'll cook the egg and the cooked egg will clog the holes. It's pretty smart, really. So there I am. Bro, I'm on the side of the road with half a dozen eggs, cracking eggs in the front radiator of my car. I had in this car, I had in the steering wheel, inside the steering wheel, the wires were all loose. Every time, this is as no word of a lie, every time I would turn right, the, the, the wiring would touch and the car horn would go off. Every time I made a right-hand turn, I'd turn, but then sometimes they would attach on the turn and then when I would straighten up, they wouldn't detach. So I'd start making a right and it's just... And it would stay like that for about 10, 15 minutes until it decided to detach. It had, I had a problem with the alternator. I remember <laughs> I had a problem with the alternator. So the alternator wasn't charging the battery, so the battery wouldn't charge. So you would drive it for a bit and then sit it, and then the battery would go dead. I remember I was on a date. This is no word of a lie. I've thought of this just before. I was on a date with this girl. And, 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 and we, we went out and I came back and the alternator wasn't, you know, was, so the car wasn't start. I said, listen, this is what I need you to do. <laughs> now, I promise you, as God is my witness, she's freaking out. She was like, she, she grew up in a blessed home, you know, and, 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 and I was meant to be, I was meant to be looking after her. I said, no, 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 I was, cool. I was a bit of a bum back then. But I said, listen. I said, no, it's fine. She's like, what do we do? Should we call? I said, no, 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 I've got this. I said, all you need to do, you sit in the driver's seat. And, and what I need you to do is I need, you, I need you to put it in gear and put your foot on the clutch. Okay. And, and she said, what do you mean? I said, no, 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 we're fine because there's a hill up ahead. <laughs> so I said, I'm going to push the car 
okay? And then when we get to the hill, once the car, some of you know what I'm talking about. Once the car's called jump-starting car, once the car starts going down the hill, I'm telling you, you got these pretty, she was probably 17 at the time, this little sweet little girl, she's looking at me white, I'm freaking out. I said, no, 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 it's fine. Once, once you start building speed, I said, drop the clutch and get, and that baby's going to start up going. You'll be driving before you know it. So there we were. We're pushing this thing. Sure enough, I sent this poor little girl off the side of this hill. Down she went. She dropped the clutch. Thing got going. But then I realized she didn't have a license. She didn't know how to drive. It was just this disaster of a, of a time. Needless to say, we're not much eventuated from that relationship. But, but the, the point to my story is, there were times when, when the battery, all of the potential, all of the potential was there, but the battery was dead. It was all, no, no, everything was fine. I used to, when I was by myself and the battery would die, I'd, I had jumper leads. And what I would do is I'd stand out on the side of the road and, and ask someone to stop and give me a jump start. They'd say, is your car broken down? I said, no, 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 everything's fine. All I need is for you to come along and I'll connect the jumper leads because the potential, they would say, I don't know anything about cars. It's fine. You don't need to. It's all good. I just need a jump start. And that's often how the call of God can be in our life. You can have all the potential, all the destiny, all the dreams, all the desire, but you just need the right person to come along and you hook into their spirit and they hook into yours and you get a jump start. And all of a sudden you're walking on the way to what God has called you to do. See, that's what church needs to be. That's what our walk with God, that's when our walk with God, that's why we got to get around. You can get around the right people and they'll give you a jump start. You can get around those right people and they'll speak faith. And when you're feeling a little bit down, they'll speak life and they'll say, come on, you can do this. That's why it's so important. We have things like our business prayer meeting that we do Thursday morning, 6.30 to 7.30. We have business people. We finish for the year, but next year we'll start up again in January. What is that? That's giving business people an opportunity. When you're feeling down, when you're feeling, man, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I, if, I, don't know if I can walk in this. I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can be what, what I'm, 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 God's called me to be. But you get around someone else. You get around, you hook those jumper leads on. You get connected to their spirit. And your spirit gets a kickstart. That's what our Sunday service is. That's what it needs to be. If you're visiting with us for Christmas from somewhere else, when you go back home, you need to get into a church. That you, when you get in there on Sunday, that worship will give you a kickstart. That praise will give you a kickstart. That word, when the word goes out, you won't be able to stay in your seat because your spirit just got a kickstart. It got a jump start in the spirit. It's something powerful when we can get around people like that. This is what happened in this story. Because if you look at the story following Mary's meeting with Elizabeth, that's when Mary starts to sing. And the Bible says that she sang out this song of praise. It says, blessed is she who believed for there will be fruit. There will be, fr there, there will be fulfillment of those things which were told from her of the Lord. In verse 46, it says, And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Saviour. That's she's singing a different tune right now, isn't she? On the back end of having got with the right person that stirred her spirit. She says, My soul, 
My soul magnifies the Lord. When that Bible talks about your soul, it's talking of, of the inner person. It's talking of who you are. It's speaking of your heart. It's speaking of your actions. It's speaking of every part of your being. Is beginning to lift up the Lord and give God praise. But what did it take? Isn't it interesting that when she finished with the angels, she was still in doubt. She was still in unbelief. I believe that sometimes God's greatest work that He does is He does it through other people. You're not called to walk this walk alone. You're not called to do it by yourself. Something that we're really fighting hard as a church is to work more and more on how do we get getting people connected, building small groups. It's very, you know, we have four services on a Sunday and services are packed out and church can become a machine. It can become something that we come and we're a part of on a Sunday. But our heart here is, and you've heard us say it before, that it's not a service you attend, but it's a community that you're a part of. The spirit of isolation is, is a powerful thing that can stop people from being what God has called them to be. Don't isolate yourself. Don't let, don't let the enemy cause you to pull back. Don't have, you know, don't just hang with, with the right people on a Sunday. Get the right people in your life. Who's, who's mentoring you? Who encourages you? Who are you vulnerable with? Who are you open with? Who do you get with in your life that you say, listen, what do you see? Do you see anything? The Bible speaks about it and says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man or one person sharpens another. We need the right people that, that if you've got someone in your life that will challenge you, not just, a, not just a friend that's going through the same problems you're going through, but someone that will challenge you and say, listen, man, you've got to deal with this. You've got to deal with that hurt. Someone, when you're going through it and, and you're, you're, you're venting and you're mouthing off about something going on, you need someone that'll say, hey, don't, you need to not talk like that, man. Don't talk about your boss like that. Let's pray about this. Don't let the enemy get in. That's the enemy. Sometimes we need people to just show us really what's going on. You ever get caught up in attack? You can get caught up in an attack so deep that you, you, you miss really what's going on. And sometimes it takes people, I've had my parents at times, I'll be explaining something to my parents. Well, this is happening, this is going through that. And my dad will say, that's, you know what that is? That's the enemy, that's an attack. That's trying to stop you doing what God has called you to do. And all of a sudden, it's like a light comes on. And you're like, you know what, that's what's going on. We need those people in our life. We need to make a decision. It's, it's, it's interesting that Mary made the, made, took the, the, made the effort to go and get with Elizabeth. Sometimes you've got to make that effort. Sometimes you've got to, like what I said, it's, it's inconvenient sometimes. Sometimes it's inconvenient. The call of God can be inconvenient because simply we're not called to fight it alone. Sometimes that convenience, we just want to keep to ourselves. We just want to, we just want to try and do it ourselves. No, no, no. Listen, you've got to make a decision to get the right people around you. Embrace the inconvenience of walking out the call of God upon your life. Throughout this story, there was moments where things got even more inconvenient for them. Following the, the call of God and her receiving the call of God, it says that they had to flee. They fled to Egypt and, and, the, and the Bible says that, that, that he says the Lord spoke to them. He said, arise, take the young child in Matthew 2, 13. Arise, take the young child and his mother and flee to Egypt. 
stay there till I bring a word for you. They listen, they've just gotten settled. Can you imagine in a practical sense the, the inconvenience now? You've got a woman, she's just given birth. Man, I mean, I know a little bit. We've got a three-week-old. Man, I know what that's like. Bro, you've got more things going on than you, got, you know what to do or deal with. You've got diapers that need changing. Kid won't stop crying and 500 things going on. The last thing you want to do is pack up and move. The last thing you want to do is, but listen, it was all about protecting what, was, what they were carrying. And you've got to, sometimes it's inconvenient to guard, listen, guard and protect what God has put in your heart. You've got to guard that thing like nothing else. You've got to understand that the destiny and you're calling the enemy is after it. You've got to guard it and you've got to protect it. Even though it might be inconvenient at times, don't just operate with what is convenient. Ask the Lord and say, God, what do you want me to do? There's this interesting part in the story that jumped out at me in Matthew 2, 22. This is after, again, they've, they've had to move again now. Matthew 2, 22, it, it talks about when he heard of what was going on. And, and the Bible says, and being warned in a dream. This is speaking to Joseph. Being warned by God in a dream. Look at this. He turned aside. He knew that there was danger. The Lord warned him that there's danger ahead. I need you to now turn aside. Look at these things that God is orchestrating in order to protect what's in them, in order to protect what they're carrying. One of the reasons I think people miss the call of God is they forget and they don't obey when God tells them to turn. When you make a turn, what you're doing is you're turning away from something towards something. You need to know when to hear the voice of God when the voice of God says turn. The amount of young people I've seen make bad decisions in bad relationships. Why? Because God was telling you to turn. But you were operating with what was convenient because it felt good or it felt right. My Lord, I'm so glad I haven't just done things just that felt right and felt good. You've got to make a decision that you're going to be someone that's tuned in to hear the voice of God. What is what is the Holy Spirit saying? Sometimes young people would come and, and they say, man, I feel like, you know, I'm hanging with this chick. I feel like we want to get married. The first thing I say, what's God saying? And you see people who are so confused. They're like, oh, I mean, it's we forget. We forget. That it's not just about you following what your soul wants. Your soul is your mind, your, 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 your mind, your thinking, your, your feelings, your emotions. It's not just, just listening to what your soul wants. You've got to go deeper and say, what is God saying to my spirit? What is God speaking? What's the voice of God? God, what are you saying here? Are you telling me to turn? How many, how much catastrophe and disaster would be avoided if people knew what it was to hear the voice of God and turn when he says. Business person, you've got to know when to turn. Someone will come in your office and the Holy Spirit will say, uh-uh, don't do this deal. That's when you turn. You've got to know what it is when you've got to know what it is when you're getting around those wrong people and, and the Lord will speak to you and say, it's time to turn. It's time to veer out of this relationship. It's time to veer out of this connection. Listen, it won't always be, we're talking about sinful things right now. It won't, turning won't always be the difference between being bad and good. Sometimes it's a difference between being good and great. Sometimes it's when you're going down a road and you've got friends around you and people around you and they're not bad. They're not, they're not bad people, but the Holy Spirit is calling you to something greater. And the Holy Spirit says, this is not going to make sense to you. 
but it's time to turn. That's when you've got to be obedient to the voice of God. I remember when I was pursuing, I started pursuing this relationship with a girl, different one to the one I sent down the hill. And, <laughs> and I remember, I, this was back in the day, and, and, I, and I remember where I just finished sort of talking with her and, and things like that, and I started to entertain in my mind, you know, that pursuing this relationship. I'll never forget it. And I got in the car, and, and we finished sort of hanging out and talking. And I remember just thinking in my, you know, we, we, we weren't dating or anything, but I remember thinking in my heart, and I, and I thought, man, that, that's a cool girl. I should, I should pursue that, you know. And it's not a bad thing, you know. I'm not saying to people, you know, step out and see if it's God. But I got in the car, and I'll never forget where I was. I was driving out of the parking lot. And I felt the Holy Spirit say to me so clear, uh, man, it didn't make good girl love the Lord. But the Holy Spirit said, turn. And at the time, see, sometimes God will tell you to make a turn that doesn't make sense. And sometimes God will tell you to make a turn from something, but you don't know what you're turning to. That's when you make a turn of faith. That's when you say, you know what? I don't know where I'm going to. I don't know what I'm heading toward. I don't know what God has around the corner. But all I know is the Holy Spirit said to turn. And as you turn, something will open up. Because look at what happened. When God spoke to Joseph and said, I want you to turn. And the Scripture said, so that the prophecy may be fulfilled. Joseph didn't know what was going on. All Joseph knew was God said something to him. But what God was speaking, when God was speaking to him about making a turn, he was turning him into what God's will and what God's plan is for his life. If I hadn't listened to the call of God back then when he told me to turn, I would have never have met my wife. I would not be here today in front of you preaching here today. I want to encourage you, church, and say, you need to be someone that knows what it is to hear the voice of God and be obedient to make a turn when you're told to turn. One of the greatest turns in Scripture that we know is when Moses is up the mountain. And the Bible says in Exodus, it said Moses is up the mountain and he sees a burning bush. And the Bible says, you can look at it later. The Bible says that when he turned, or they might have it, they can put it on the screen. It said that Moses is up there and he's doing his thing and he sees a burning bush. And the Bible said that Moses said to himself, I will turn. Where's that Put up that verse where it says, I will turn and see. Moses made a decision. I'm going to turn now and see. And the Bible says that it didn't say that God, when God saw Moses stop. It says when God saw Moses stopped and turned that God said to him, now we're going to do business. Now it's time for an encounter with me. The biggest and greatest encounter God has for your life could be waiting for you on the other side of the right turn that God is calling you to do. You've got to make a decision. When the Holy Spirit speaks to you, that's when it's time to turn into the will of God, turn into the presence of God. This was something that set them up for what they were called to do. Making a turn sometimes it's inconvenient. Making a turn sometimes is not going to make sense. Maybe you'll lose some people on the turn. Maybe you'll, maybe you'll, you'll, it'll look like you're missing an opportunity. It won't make sense. But I want to tell you, having done different things at times when I've, when I've turned to being the call of God, greatness is around the corner. Greatness is on the other side. We need to be people that embrace, embrace what God is calling us to. Be people that embrace it when it's, when it's inconvenient. The call of God is not convenient. 
The call of God will cause you to do things that you don't feel comfortable with. It's not convenient to your flesh to be someone that walked by faith. It's not convenient to your, your feelings and emotions to be someone that wait on God's perfect plan and per- perfect choice for your life. There are other people in the Christmas story and we don't have a whole lot of time that they wouldn't embrace it because it was too inconvenient. What I love about Mary and Joseph, they embraced the inconvenience and they said, for the sake of the call, for the sake of what I'm carrying, we've got to do this. The innkeeper was someone that would not embrace the inconvenience. The Bible says that the innkeeper had a full house. Speaks to me of blessing. Business was good. The hotel's full. The innkeeper's making money. But then comes a knock at the door. An opportunity to have Jesus come in. But it was too inconvenient. It was going to be too much. It was going to mean that he would have to put some paying customers out to make room for Jesus. He was too blessed. He had too much favour. He had too much. It was all going so well. Why would he open the door to Jesus? He missed it. He missed having Jesus because it was too inconvenient. Never let yourself walk in so much blessing. And so much favour that you don't know what it is to humble yourself in the middle of blessing and favour. And say, Lord, with everything going good, everything's great. But I need you to come inside. God, I'm walking blessed and family's doing good. I want to encourage you this Christmas. You might look around Christmas Day and you might see the joy and family and gifts and having fun. I want to encourage you, Christmas Day, take a moment. Husbands, fathers, lead your family in this and say, right now, we're going to take a moment and we're going to ask the Saviour. We're going to ask the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in the middle of all of this going on and we're going to have fun and keep hanging out. But right now we're going to take a moment and we're going to invite the Holy Spirit and we're going to invite Jesus to come in. We'll push aside what we need to. This is what you know about our church, no matter what's going on, no matter how busy it gets, no matter how packed out, no matter how great we get at doing everything, we will never ever miss the opportunity to say, Lord, in the middle of all of this, we still need your touch. We still need you to come in. There were Pharisees in the story of Jesus. We don't talk about them a lot, but the the Bible says that when Herod, Herod had heard about Jesus being born and Herod was freaking out. And so the Bible says that Herod called the Pharisees, the religious people, called them to him and he said, What's going on? Tell me about this guy. It's interesting that the Pharisees knew all about Jesus. They began to tell him there's a, there's a prophecy in Micah that talks about it and, and he's going to become and this is, this, is, this is where he's going to be born. The Pharisees know about it, yet they're not there. Isn't that crazy to me that this is, this is what this is coming from the Word of God that they read and that they know. These are churchmen. 
These are guys that know the Word and they know the Word that they're quoting it to Herod. They know all about it, yet they're not there with Jesus. The Bible says if you study it, it's about a four-mile journey from where they were to where Jesus was born. Yet the Pharisees missed it. They were more concerned with knowing about Him than they were with making a journey of inconvenience to be with Him. See, religion is very convenient. Religion's nice. Religion will work with your schedule. Religion will say, listen, however you want to do it, if you want to do a, just a quick service where you sit. Religion will say, listen, we won't, don't worry, we're not going to get right down into your, your heart and your spirit and deal with the junk because that'll get a bit upsetting. We're not going to do that. Religion will say, let's just keep it all nice. Religion will say, as long as you present good, then that is good. Religion will say, as long as, listen, you don't have to really have the Word in you. As long as you've got the Word on you, that's okay. Just carry a Bible. Religion will say, listen, all you need to do, it doesn't, you don't have to have the, the, you don't have to allow the verses to get in your heart and transform who you are. Religion will say, just know a few verses to quote and that's fine. See, they missed it. They missed being able to be with Jesus because they were so caught up in having it all together on the outside. They loved having, being able to talk with Herod and Tell Herod about the, the Word and tell Herod about the prophecies. They love the influence. They love the connection. But I pray for us as a church that we wouldn't get so caught up in the outward expression of being a Christian, but yet not know what it is to really have Christ within us, living within us. Don't get so caught up this Christmas that we forget what it is to actually be with Jesus. To invite Him in in a fresh way. I think of the Christmas songs that we sing. We were singing one earlier. You ever listen to some of the lyrics they're playing through our shopping malls? Christmas carols have sort of become almost, it's a tradition what we do at Christmas. You ever look at some of those lyrics? Oh, come let us adore Him. Oh, come let us Adore Him. Don't get so caught up in the ritual and religion of what we're doing that we forget about what it is to worship Him this Christmas, to lift up the name of Jesus Christ right across this room. Can we all stand to our feet right across this room? No one leaving. We're about to finish. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you are blessed.